0: Welcome to Click, Treat, Repeat. This is a horse-focused podcast discussing positive reinforcement training, equine management and welfare, and other horse-related topics. So let's get started. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about how to get started with positive reinforcement training, especially when there's no trainers nearby. So yeah, I guess we'll get right into it. I don't know, like what, what are your thoughts on that?
1: I mean a lot of trainers do remote training so even if there isn't one nearby you can probably find someone to work with like I know we talk about Adele a lot and she has the academy and the foundations course and a lot of other trainers offer similar things so I guess that's always an option if there really isn't anyone near you. Yeah I definitely agree there's lots of really good people out there
0: like you offer it and also um at New Forest Norman on Instagram recently started offering online training services too. And she's really cool and really smart. So she would also be a cool person to get online services from. Um, But I think also a lot of people might have people nearby that they don't know about too. Like I know that there's that online map. I know it's on Jill's website, which I think is jetequitheory.com. It shows kind of all over the world, different positive reinforcement horse trainers that have you know identified themselves to be on the map and so you might not know there's somebody nearby but they might be on that map so that's definitely a good place to look although there are still a lot of areas including my area where there's no one near you on the map so I may not you know come up with anything useful but it's a good place to look
1: yeah, I'm working on creating something like that. But that's a huge task. <laughs> so it's taking a long time. I only oh, yeah. have <laughs> I only have a couple from my state on my website, but that's, I give Jill some credit for that. That's a big task. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's
0: really good. I'm not sure if she made it or if she just kind of linked it there. I think it's like it's used by other people as well. So I I, oh, I kind of get the yeah. impression that she didn't make it, but I could be wrong on that.
1: There's people too that might be more discreet about it. Like I made the clicker group <laughs> for my state and there's people on there that I've never seen advertise on my normal state's horse group or like they don't have a good website or anything that's super noticeable yet. So there might be trainers, too, that are just less recognized or don't openly talk about it as much, too.
0: Yeah, that's very true. And I think, like, in the Instagram community, you can really find a lot of people just from that, too. I mean, it's harder to find them in your own area, but you can or you can do the remote training like we already talked about. I know I have found there's like a triangle area, positive reinforcement equestrians Facebook page that somebody who actually listens to the podcast DM would me and told me about so I've now joined that Facebook group so people who are in North Carolina especially near the triangle area that's a really good resource I'm actually not really near the triangle area but I'm a couple hours away so I just joined just in case um, there are people kind of on the outskirts of the area who might be closer to me and I wouldn't mind necessarily driving out there occasionally for like meetups and stuff I know they do meetups so that's a good resource, and there could be things like that for different areas, like the one that you created, too.
1: Yeah, and I mean, even if you just board somewhere, it's probably not super likely, but you might find someone who implements some positive reinforcement, and they might not be a true trainer, like they don't advertise and offer services like that, but it still gives you some sense of community and might be able to take some tips from those people, too.
0: Yeah, that's really true. And I know that some people also offer clinics that you can travel to if you, you know, are really looking for hands-on instruction, but there is no one near you. Like Adele has clinics, I know, and plenty of other people like Shauna Karish and other like really good positive reinforcement trainers have clinics. So like if there is a trainer that you know, that's like a, you know, pretty big professional who might be out there doing clinics. It's definitely worth like looking into that and seeing if there is anything that, Either might come near you or that you could travel to just to get that kind of hands on experience. I know I really want to do that because I've never trained like in person with another positive reinforcement trainer ever. So I would really like to get that experience, but it's kind of hard to travel. So maybe once COVID is better and more people are traveling around doing clinics, maybe I'll get to.
1: Yeah, that's something I'd really like to do too. And even if you're not bringing your own horse, Learning with someone else's horse can be just as beneficial because, I mean, you're still practicing your mechanical skills and breaking down behaviors and everything you would do with your own horse, you're going to be doing with the trainer's horse as well. Yeah,
0: exactly. And you can probably get experience with like different types of horses if you only ever work with your one horse. Like you can see different personalities, maybe, or just generally different types of horses. So it can definitely be useful. So I guess in addition to all of that stuff um, there's also just a lot of resources out there in general and I don't think we necessarily need to like list resources and resources and resources on end because there's like a lot of places out there that compile them like I know you have some on your website I have some on my website Um, Jill's website Jet Theory, has some really good ones Adele's website thewillingequine.com has some really good ones like you can really find really good databases of resources, but um, there are definitely a lot of books and online videos and podcasts that are really helpful. I know I like to kind of learn from um, like listening to podcasts and stuff like that. So that's really helpful for me. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I guess we could name like a couple of the ones that are that are really good. I don't know. What resources
1: did you kind of learn the most from? A lot of Alexandra Curlin's stuff was where I started. That's a good really good base for knowledge. She has a couple books and I think she has some classes on her website too. She has the whole Equiosity podcast that's like hundreds and hundreds of episodes at this point.
0: Oh yeah that's a good one. Actually my boyfriend when I was first getting into positive reinforcement training like more like actually learning about it and wanting to really start doing it he actually got me one of her books so that was really nice and I read like the first half of it and I still haven't finished it but (laughs) but I definitely would say it's a pretty good resource and it really kind of breaks it down into basic steps I think the one that I have is just like I don't know equine clicker training 101 or horse clicker training 101 or something like that so it's a really simple title but it's very basic and very helpful
1: I know language signs and calming signals is a popular one I haven't read it myself yet but pretty much every positive reinforcement trainer or horse owner that I know reads that or suggests it to other people. So that's a really common one.
0: Yeah, I definitely think that one is like probably one of the first go-to ones people should read. I think the podcast that I like started listening to, I think was Jill's podcast. And I feel like I bring her up a lot, but I think she has done a lot of work of like compiling a lot of the information both on her website and in her podcast so I think that podcast is a good place to start and it also can mix in like more just like stuff about her life and just general stuff like especially in the one season where she kind of talked a lot about her life it can kind of get more um I don't know if you're more interested in like the personal life type stuff you can get a little bit of that plus horse training so I think that can um, be kind of inviting for people who maybe aren't ready for like the fully technical like talking only about training type of podcast even though some of her episodes are more like that so I definitely think that's a good place to start I really have like countless podcasts that I could recommend and I won't go through all of them
1: but yeah <laughs> there's so many I think Jill's is a good one though too because she does still ride traditionally so she kind of comes from both worlds and is still in both worlds so I think people might relate to that one more So it's not just positive reinforcement. There's other things too, like you said.
0: Yeah, and I also think it's cool that her podcast kind of seems to go along with her journey of learning too. Like I know that she kind of, I mean, she didn't start the podcast when she knew nothing or anything, but I think she did start it like fairly soon into her positive reinforcement, like learning journey. And now she knows a lot more. So she's kind of been along that process. Whereas like some of the, people who have been in it for longer and training for longer, they're already so good. You don't really see that kind of like process where they're learning. So I really enjoyed seeing that from her.
1: Yeah. And I think too, with people that are farther in their career, it can be hard to step back sometimes and look at people that are just starting out and know how to help them. At least that's been my experience with my dog training apprenticeship. We kind of have like the curse of knowledge. So it can be hard to break things down yeah. for the person and i think sometimes having a more amateur point of view can be helpful too yeah definitely so and i would say i have a more
0: amateur point of view cuz i'm not a professional trainer and i am not um necessarily planning to ever be a professional trainer like i might but it's not really like my plan so i'm it's more of like just a hobby for me or i mean i would say it's more than a hobby because it's something that i like am very very dedicated to it's like kind of a life passion but it's not necessarily like where I see my career going at least not like primarily it might be something I kind of do on the side but like I just I don't know where I'm going but like yeah I don't really see myself as like a professional or even necessarily going there so I definitely respect that kind of amateur or just like hobbyist type of perspective even though I mean like most of the people who like work you know, recommending stuff from are at least professionals in in some sense, like most of them offer training, um, but they definitely come from like varied backgrounds and varied experience levels. So that's always good.
1: Yeah, I agree. A common one that a lot of people probably might know is Mustang Maddie. She shares a lot of informational stuff.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. That's yeah, she's definitely a good person to follow and keep up with. And I think she has a course, too. So that, think she that could be good.
1: And Mosey Truitt is my yes. personal favorite. But I don't know if she'd be for everyone because she's amazing, but she's more on like the woo-woo side of stuff. She's very like <laughs> spiritual about things. So I don't know if everyone would like her work, but I really enjoy it. And she has a really cool perspective on horses and how to train them.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. I think I need to look into more of her stuff. Like I follow her and I like, you know, see some of her stuff, but I don't think I know as much as you, but I'll have to look into her more.
1: Yeah, she has a podcast called In the Spirit of Horse and it's done now. She's not recording anymore, but the episodes that are up are really valuable.
0: Cool. I'll definitely give that a listen. I'm always like looking for more things to listen to a little bit less so now that I'm not working at the barn anymore because I don't have like hours and hours of cleaning stalls to just listen to stuff but still always doing it.
1: So yeah I think I always have a podcast playing so <laughs> I need them.
0: Yeah <laughs> <laughs> me too. So I think that something that I've heard a lot from people is that with getting started, especially when you don't have that physical community around you, like a trainer or a barn that's like really focused on positive reinforcement, it's really hard to kind of be open with other people and to start doing things differently from other people without experiencing, I guess, backlash from them or judgment from them, or even just internally. Like, I know I feel really anxious when I have to be around like traditional people. And so, for like people who are at a boarding barn or even just like their family or friends um, do things traditionally and they're trying to move towards positive reinforcement, I think that can also be one of the biggest struggles, especially again, when
1: you don't have a trainer. So what are your thoughts on that and how to kind of maybe deal with that? For me personally, when I started, I just went at the quietest times at the barn. Like when there was no one around, that's when I would train. If I did find people around, I would just hang out in the pasture and probably look like a weirdo to them, but it's fine. (laughs) but I think yeah many there's so many myths around clicker training specifically with horses for some reason other animals do it and there's not a lot of problems with it but with horses there is which I don't understand but I think it can be helpful when you're starting out to just kind of separate yourself from everyone else and then maybe when you're feeling more confident you can bring people in that you know and are comfortable with I don't think you have to broadcast it if you're not ready to
0: yeah I think that makes a lot of sense and I think that's a really good idea I know I also would try to go at times when nobody was there (laughs) like I would um I remember when I was like pretty young even before I was doing positive reinforcement but when I just wanted to go and like hang out with Coco and I didn't want to ride and I thought that everyone would think I was weird for not riding I would always like try to figure out when the other kids weren't going to be there and I had like a note on my phone that would say like you know, the common times I saw them there. So I could try to go and they (laughs) weren't there. (laughs) That was kind of probably too much. But yeah, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily recommend like obsessing over um, (laughs) constantly being alone and like having that privacy. But the privacy definitely does (laughs) help you feel less judged and be able to do what you want to do. I think, yeah, the strategy is probably either to kind of keep your distance and keep your own space and I've always been kind of like a loner I never really at least around horses like not necessarily in the rest of my life but around (laughs) horses I've always like not really had many in-person horse related friends so that's kind of what my strategy was but I think if you're more of like a um outspoken confident person you definitely could just kind of have a conversation about it and you don't have to be like oh, this is the best way of training. Like you're abusive for not doing this or something. But you could just say like, I learned about this and I think it's really cool. So I'm going to try it out. And yeah, and just kind of be open about it. And you don't have to be like, you know, super extreme. Like I'm switching over to only doing this or whatever. But I think if you feel comfortable having the conversation and that's what makes you feel better, I think that's also a completely valid
1: thing to do. Or maybe a mix of both with different people. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I've had an easier time talking to people about positive reinforcement when they're having issues I've experienced myself and fixed with positive reinforcement too. So that can be a good way to maybe spark a conversation, but not be like, oh, you're awful. You hate your horse. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Like yeah. finding,
0: yeah, finding like shared experiences or something where you can kind of help them or not necessarily even help, but just give them kind of like your experience, whether they take it or leave it, like those type of things can definitely help people open up to it. I don't know. I think like with my experience, I was, I didn't really talk to anybody at my old boarding barn about positive reinforcement and they didn't really know what I was doing. I don't think, or never really like cared too much. Like I occasionally would post photos of like a little trick I taught Coco or whatever, but it wasn't really like they were watching me train or anything. And I didn't do a lot of training with her really. I was more just kind of grooming and hanging out with her. But um in my current situation, I just was like very upfront with Joe since they are her horses and I was like, "Okay, I want to do this and I'm going to, you know, take this online course which was Adele's course and you know, is it okay with you if I do this?" And I had to ask because they were not my horses obviously. And so that worked well for me because then Like she knew what I was doing and I didn't feel like I had to like be embarrassed or hide it. So it kind of helped get rid of some of that like weird feeling or shame. So for me, that was good. But it also is nice that like she's a friend and we're the only two people that are there. So I don't have to worry about like large groups of people.
1: Yeah, I think it can be helpful starting with a new trainer or at a new barn or bringing home a new horse where you have something fresh to start a new boundary with too, where you can say, hey, I do this now it's a little different than if you're already established somewhere and then changing your views and your training methods too yeah that's definitely
0: really true and I think like it's good to try to surround yourself with people who are going to accept that like if somebody is going to be extremely judgmental like I'm not saying they need to agree with you and you know change their training but I think the kind of people who are going to really hate positive reinforcement and not even listen or give it a chance are probably the kind of people you don't really want to be around and I know that that's not always in people's control because you might be at a boarding barn where that's just kind of the situation and you can't really leave or it might not be your horse that you own or something like that so there may not always be a way to get around that but I do think like just try to like think about it rationally and understand that like it's not really your problem what other people think about it because you're the one who's learning and you're the one who's doing better and trying to um, work towards something better whereas I'm not saying they're not doing that but it's not really their place to like judge your journey of doing that so they're the ones that are kind of out of out of their place there
1: yeah and I think it can be hard to know that people might not agree with you I think naturally people don't enjoy that we want to be right all the time that's how it works <laughs> but yeah <laughs> it can be helpful like you said to have people that are at least accepting even if they don't do it as long as they're supportive and accepting what you're doing sometimes that's what it has to be and it can't really be much better in that situation it can be really hard to find a barn that accepts it at all there were several that I looked at before we moved to our own property where I would tell them that I use this form of training and I'd like them to be handled a certain way. And then they're like, okay, well, we're still going to yank on the lead rope or swing a whip at them. And for me, I didn't want to deal with that. So I just moved on and found a different barn and kept looking until I found something appropriate, but that's not always possible. Yeah, I definitely think that's
0: the best way to do it when you have that type of control and you can do that
1: i hope you enjoyed this episode of click treat repeat feel free to check us out on instagram at click treat repeat pod you can find jen at genuine equine and myself at bonafide.bt we upload new episodes every monday and hope to see you then happy training